shape, and I'll get this one going. So we are getting ready to turn to Psalm 103. Um, We just finished the book of Joshua, of course, and so we are between books right now. So we uh, sometimes take a week or two just to go to some different places until we figure out what we want to do next. And what, you know, it doesn't matter what book we have, the Lord speaks to us, right? But in this psalm here tonight, it is incredible. It is pure praise. Everybody here likes to praise the Lord, right? Amen. Well, this is eternal praise. This is pure praise, and it focuses on one person. We can only praise God, right? Matter of fact, you'll notice all throughout Psalm 103 where it says, bless the Lord, right in first first verse. Every time that you see the word Lord, it's the tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton uh, for uh, Yahweh. Y-H-W-H. Not trying to press some kind of a sacred name kind of thing here. But what that means is that that is His covenant name. It's uh, the very uh, name of God. It's I Am. He's the I Am. He's the self-existent one. He is the one who is eternal. He's been here forever. He will be around forever. He's the eternal one, the I Am. So when you see the word Lord in there, which is quite frequent, and they're all caps, that's what that is. Tetragrammaton. So next time somebody says, hey, what's, it, what's that right there with the capital letters? You can say, well, that's, that's the tetragrammaton. Because you know that. <laughs> and you'll say, well, of course, that's the self-existent one. He is the only one. And, you know, we exist because of Him. Everything exists because of Him. But He doesn't exist for, because of anything. He's always been here. So, that's one thing to look for throughout there. And... When you know, uh, when you look at other psalms, many of the other psalms will start with uh, some kind of a heading, and the heading will be some kind of a historical note, or it was uh, written for a certain event or a certain time. Well, this psalm here actually has really not any real mention of historical circumstances. It stands alone. It, I'm telling you, for a believer, this is true north. This is true praise. No mention of enemies here, a lot, and nothing wrong with that. But you'll see the penitent psalms, you know, where David's repenting, confessing, or you'll see some psalms where he's saying, "Lord, go punish the evil doers and all the ones who are chasing me." How many times have you seen that throughout the psalms? Right? It's none of that in this one. It's just pure worship. Uh, no foes. No threats, no request, no complaints, no uh, petitions here in this psalm. It's just pure worship. Nothing else but pure worship. No clouds uh, uh, on the uh, on the horizon there. No complaints, no disappointments, no sadness here. Throughout the psalms you'll see all those kind of things, will you? Well, here it's all joyous. It's overflowing praise, and uh, when you read it, you'll say, yeah, I've read this before, but wow, this thing is really speaking. If you really want to know what good praise is, this is the ultimate of all the Psalms in any chapter in the old Bible. This is the elite of just pure praise. 
No more pure outburst of praise than this one. Than, that can equal this one at all. And so it begins, it ends with a very personal call to worship. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It starts with that, it ends with that. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In Psalm 103, now, uh, there are five books of Psalms, okay? This happens to be like the fourth book, near the end of the fourth book, and then you go into the fifth book. Well, Psalm 103 begins, Bless the Lord, O my soul, right? Psalm 104, what does it start with? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Oh, Lord my God, you're very great, right? Uh, Psalm 105, how does it start? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name. Very similar to that Psalm. 106, praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. So, what you have here is... And as you find, when you begin book 5, the first line is, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. It comes right off of book 4, which is one of our psalms here, Psalm 103, plus a few of the other ones there. So, uh, who wrote this? Probably David. We don't know for sure. Could be David. Uh, I will make a guess that David might have been quite old when he wrote this. Uh, Don't know for sure. But I'll tell you what, the older that you get and the closer you get to the Lord, you know what? Nothing else really matters. It's You just want to praise God. And you know, you've seen older people and they just, they just walk with the Lord. It's, you know, they've been through all the stuff. They've had their tests. They've had their trials. And they've had their complaining and they've had all that. And then it finally comes down to being close to the Lord. Praising Him. Isn't that the elite? Isn't that really what we're made for? Amen. It is, isn't it? It's called, be quiet. Uh, be quiet. Know I'm the Lord. That's right. Be still. Be quiet. Know. Know Him. So, uh, older people, <laughs> if they're solid Christians, have long, rich experiences to draw from throughout their days that they've had and they recognize God's power and His blessing and His providence and His favor. And the more that you are obedient to the Lord and you desire Him, the more and more that you do in your life, as you grow, we always grow in the Lord, right? We grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, It ought to be always constantly an act of praise. Praying always. How do you do that? What just being God conscious? Constantly. All throughout the day, may not be bless the Lord, oh my soul. You know, you know, in a prayer position, that kind of thing. It's just praying is you know saying something to the Lord or knowing that He's right there, not even really saying anything, but being God conscious. So uh, it's an act of worship, praise all day long, very intimate, very personal. Highly manifest, a very real life. And that's the way David probably had gotten as he grew in the Lord, as he experienced his power and his blessing and the providence of God. Uh, he knows that he's the one who exter- uh, eternally exists. He's absolute reality, isn't he? He is, there's no other reality, really. He is the reality. 
he is the one who has made things that are in reality. We're real, but without him, we, we don't exist. All other reality is what has been created. He did not create himself. Nobody created him. He's always been here. He's constant. He's sure. He's independent. He's sovereign. He is truth. He is light. He is life. He is beauty. He's perfection, isn't he? He's holy. He's joy. He's everything. Right? So, he alone is worthy of worship. So that's where we'll leave that off as we uh, get ready to start 103 here tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank You that we have Your Word of God to be able to go into where we can think on You. To have high thoughts of You. That's the idea. A high view of You, Lord. And with this psalm tonight, how can we not have a higher view of You than we've ever had before? Bless us, Lord, as we bless You in the sense that we know You. And that is why we're created. And it will give glory to You and it gives joy to us. In Your Son's name, Amen. Amen. So, three parts that we're doing here. Most of it's the first part. It's called praise to mankind. It starts with yourself. Soul. As he say? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hey, soul. Hey, bless the Lord. Have you ever told yourself to start praising God? You know, you might be in a bad mood and you realize, oh, this is not right. Oh, and the soul is saying, you need to praise the Lord. You need to be thankful, right? So, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's a command. It's a command to one's own soul. We're commanding our soul to speak to God. We need to be reminded sometimes. We forget that He's there, don't we? And He's all right there always. And so uh, we we know we want to give Him honor. We want to give Him glory. We want to see Him in His majesty, His full beauty here. And uh, it's what's, what is true about Him. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And that's, that soul is dealing with everything. Uh and we're giving praise to His attributes. That's His character. His nature. And His works. So here is who He is, His attributes, and then these works. That's really what God is about, isn't He? Here's, here's His character, here's His nature, and here's what He's done. This is self talking to self to start it off with. And the self says, oh, get my mind on the Lord. So that's where worship really starts. It starts with you saying, I'm going to worship Him no matter what. I'm going to do it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's a bubbling of the heart. This is all about Him and none other. And it's, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. We could spend the rest of the night on that verse, couldn't we? We could pick apart what what does bless mean? We're dealing with praise here. We already talked about Lord. Soul is really at the very heart of you. Uh, you know, you have your body, uh, your heart, your mind, your soul. He's, and then he says the next phrase, and all is within me, everything. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, everything. Give it all. Let it all lay out there on the floor. Do it, right? 
all of our faculties, all of our capabilities, this is a way of life. This is life right here. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy... This is what life is about. This is the Christian life. Wow. When you look at this, I want you to start thinking about God's attributes, His character, His nature. If sometimes you say, well, I don't know how to praise God. Start thinking about attributes. Holiness. Beauty. Uh, righteousness. Uh, name some. You know, one after another after another start coming off there, and that's the way that you praise God. So, so verse 1 gives us a command. Number 2 there is, don't forget the benefits. <laughs> Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Let's stop there. Every benefit. This is how you can praise the Lord. Think about the benefits that you get from Him. It, it's about remembering every grace that He gives you. Every mercy, every act. Do you remember all those? I don't. But at least you can think, what has He done today? A lot of times we say, well, nothing has really happened today. Well, I did get up out of bed. Well, I had sleep. He gave me sleep. And He woke me up. He allowed me to get up and put my pants on, my shirt, and I walked into the bathroom, and, and I walked out there and ate, and you know I'm walking around. I mean, it could be that I couldn't have done any of those things. So, we're talking about every grace, every mercy, every act, every provision, every kind of... Uh, I guess you could say protection that He gives us, every kindness, every expression of love that He has for us, every providence as He takes care of us. Benefits. Man, do we have benefits, don't we? We don't even acknowledge all of those things. We, we think how bad it is sometimes. But first you remember salvation. That's the first thing that you are. You have the ability to... That you're saved, yeah. Yeah, that you've been saved. And then you go through all the things of how He has provided for you. The food, the clothes, like you said, the soft bed, you know, if you like carpet, carpet, you can, you know. Even without salvation, God blesses the nations. They get up in the morning. To the just and the unjust. They have strength and health and, you know, they don't understand. They don't recognize that, right? Right. They just... They don't glorify God for it. They don't give praises for it. But that's how gracious. But that shows His graciousness. But also, then we got to go back to who who were we to Him at one time, and He granted us that graciousness to us. I'm really grateful that He does for others because my boys would be in a world of hurt. That's right. That's right. He reigns on the just and the unjust, doesn't He? And He can use those things to eventually bring them to Him, right? definitely like part of also the benefits is you know having your eyes open so that you can oh, see yeah. the difference between <laughs> right and wrong and you can finally see like how some people's lives and you just have a heart for them because you're like man God would just open up your eyes and soften up your heart you know he can take you from this place that you're in mm -hmm. and that's a real big blessing there because you know sometimes like especially for me you know I find myself living in a situation or in a place in my past I was like, 
that, if I continue down that path, then that would end up somewhere definitely not here. <laughs> That makes you want to praise, and then you started talking about all of his benefits, and you could just go on forever. You know, it's even a benefit for me to be able to pray for those that I love. So it's almost like how do we get how do we get in those modes then of depression and saying, Oh, nothing's going right for me and that's when we turn inward and you're saying, Hey, wait a minute, what are you talking about me for? Well, the trick is, is that we all get that way, don't we? The, the, the trick of that, though, is when we get that way, think about this, and all of a sudden we've got the thoughts turned around away from us to Him. That's why in this psalm, it's not about David. It's not about his sufferings or anything else. It's, it's all about God. Nothing else. And that's the best place we can be. Now, we got a long reading here in Deuteronomy 8. Uh, Deuteronomy 8, verses 11 through 20. Avel, can you get us through that one? Yes, sir. You have to read out loud like you usually do. Yes, sir. 11 through 20. It says, Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by following, by failing to keep His commandments, His ordinances, and His statutes, which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourselves, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great terrible wilderness and arid arid wastelands with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He made waters flow from you, from this flock, and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know, to humble you and to test you, and in the end of in the end to do you good. Do not say to yourselves, My power is the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, so that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your ancestors, as He did, as He is doing today. If you do forget the Lord your God and follow other gods to serve and to worship them, and solemnly, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish, like the nations that the Lord is destroying before you, so shall you perish, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. So what is he saying here? Don't forget what God is about and what He's done. Don't forget by disobeying the commands and such. And and it talks about all the good things that He did with them, the flocks and the herds and uh, how He took care of them out in the wilderness and they had everything they needed, on and on with that. And that's what Psalm 103 is saying there in that verse. I really too. like you know, verse 17. It says, Do not say to yourself, My power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. Because there's a lot of people that I met that say that and truly believe that. And it's hard. it's really hard to reach them because they're 
they're stuck in that mode because they have, because you know they, they went to college and they studied real hard and like they really did do the work, but it was only because God blessed them and gave them the ability to achieve those things. And the opportunity. Yeah, and the opportunity because those opportunities don't come to everybody. So would you say it's either I did this yeah. or God did this? Yeah, and we say God did this, what is that? That's praise. So, yeah, very good. Uh, already today, we've been forgiven today. When you wake up in the morning, if you're a believer, you're forgiven. You're a forgiven person. Uh, all the kindnesses, the uh, expression of love, the protection that He gives, He preserved us today, didn't He? Uh, he illumines us through this work that we've, we're doing right here. We've probably all just learned something here tonight, just in the few minutes that we've been here. Uh, we might learn the fact that, hey, I already know this, but I forgot about it. You know what I mean? It's, it's all easy, but in another sense, we always stick ourselves, we tend to do that above God. So He illumines us, He enlightens us, He encourages us, He's blessed us today, hasn't He? And so really, uh, uh, so far we probably haven't said anything about too much thankfulness that we've had all day today. Have we been thanking the Lord all day today? Uh, I think really it is good though when we start counting the blessings of God. Remember that song? Good. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly where we were going. Count your blessings. One by one. That's, that's cataloging your blessings. And uh, that's, that's what it's about, isn't it? Living in constant praise, thanking Him. We wouldn't have time for the comprehension and living in, in constant praise and worship to Him, right? It's beyond our uh, comprehension. So we uh, forgetting is really a fleshly thing. We forget the things that He does. Forgetting is sinful. Forgetting about what God does. Okay, let's go to number three. And it's found in verse 3. Oh, look at this. Who pardons all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Who satisfies your years with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Anyway, uh, that's some of the next ones coming up here. Um, our iniquities are pardoned. Uh, he gives us a little bit of a list of benefits right here, doesn't he? He pardons all your iniquities. The first of God's gifts is forgiveness. The moment you become a Christian. Josh, just a few weeks ago, how did it feel when you realized that you were forgiven? Weightless. <laughs> Weightless. He took all the weight, the burden off. The Lord took that off, didn't he? You were for Did you feel free all of a sudden? I, I know I fell asleep with a huge smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It gives you rest, doesn't it? Yeah, that's great. That's that's what it's about. And to know that 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 burden has been taken off. He doesn't hold it against you anymore. Um, this next one here um, heals all your diseases. I would like to say that that means physical diseases. In a sense, I guess he does. But honestly, no. It hasn't happened yet. 
Because there's diseases going on right now. Have Christians gotten this disease? Yeah. Do do people get disease? Do they get sick? Do they get cancer and die? Yeah. So I have to be real about it. I like to claim that once you become a Christian, you don't ever have to get sick again. And you, but that's wouldn't that be great? I would love it. We got one suffering back here in huge ways. And I think uh, it's more like God can heal any disease. Like there's nothing that He cannot heal. But also, when we receive sickness, you know, it's you know, how whatever sickness it is, you know, God's in control of all things, and it's like that's what I'm. That's what God is having me go through right now. That would be like another blessing. <laughs> so weird. It's weird to be like, ah, I'm sick. It's a blessing. Yay. But, you know, there's... No, but if you're sick, you don't blame God. Yeah. Like you might do if you weren't a Christian. Right. Yeah, so it's just... It's, it's one of those weird subjects because it's like, um, it's almost like with Job, you know? Job right. kind of reached out to God and said, God, why did you do this to me? Haven't you ever heard, though, there's also for Christians, there's well, called the gift of suffering. And Elihu, when he rebukes Job, he yeah, says you justify yourself rather than God because it was really, you know, Lucifer who was the one who was putting the diseases on Job. But you don't know But it was what God's will that he allowed it to take place. You don't know what your suffering is going to do for someone else. Or for you. It is a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you know, we... We look at things that we see, oh, car accident, oh, that's just terrible. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's not so terrible. Maybe it was the good thing. Maybe things could have been much worse. The Lord knows when he's going to call any one of us home. We all have to die, don't we? And diseases are here. So what would he mean by doing this? Well, and you're right, he can heal at any time he wants. And he does do that. But we don't ground commanding him to do that and then he doesn't do it and then he failed, right? No. So what's the idea? Well, we'll look at the context. He pardons all your iniquities. Is that spiritual? Yeah. Heals all your diseases. We say, well, that can be physical. And usually people come out of that but they eventually die. But he redeems your life from the pit. What's he talking about? He's talking about salvation here. He's talking about a spiritual salvation in its fullest. And he does do that when he um, healing all the diseases. Uh, we're in the process of dying right now. We've got, oh, you know, we've got physical illnesses. We know it happens. What he's talking about is healing our spiritual diseases, the diseases of the soul, which is much worse because these bodies are going to die anyway. But our new man is not going to. And in that sense, those diseases, sin, has been taken away. What did he say? He pardons our iniquities. When sin is taken away, our soul is now it is new. It's clean. And that is the idea there. Um, look at Isaiah 1, 5 and 6. He says, Where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is nothing sound in it. Only bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged, nor softened with oil. You're like an untreated leper. So he says to Israel here, what is he saying? He's talking about their spiritual maladies. They were dead 
in their sins. They were in darkness, right? We're talking about something much serious. The worst problem that is. More, more than a physical disease, He heals all the diseases of the soul, the pride, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the hatred, the rebellion against Him. And those are the things that He heals. And it is. So, that would be the idea as we go on through there then. He redeems our life from the pit. We were in bondage. We were in prison. He brings us out of that. Same idea. And then He says, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Loving kindness. The word in Hebrew is hesed. It's covenant love. Loving kindness. It's a committed love. No matter what the other one does, he always has perfect love for us. It's a kind of a coronation here as he says he crowns you with loving kindness. He crowns us with loving kindness. Covenant love. That describes the relationship that we have with him. Sometimes we don't feel like loving him, but what is he doing with us even when we disobey him? He still loves us. No different than ever before. He doesn't love us better sometimes and love us worse sometimes. It's always the same love which is called a perfect love. No matter what our actions are, and if we do something really good and praise God, He doesn't love us anymore because He can't. He's given us the infinite love that He always gives. That's loving kindness there. That's the idea. Uh, Compassion. You know, I always said love is the... uh, Covenant love describes the relationship. Well, compassion is the action of the relationship as he acts, doing his love for us. Uh, Verse 5, who satisfies your years with good things. Is that true? Is that true? Does he give us good things all throughout our years? He does. He does. He satisfies us. You know what? When we're satisfied, God is glorified. So, a satisfied life. Uh, if you're walking with the Lord, if you've been saved, God just showers upon you endlessly with heavenly blessings. He's constantly raining on us. We, we don't even know it a lot of the times. But He's literally drowning us in a constant barrage of everything that we need. His love, just, it, it should satisfy us with every good thing just poured out upon us. Uh, Oh, look at the end of verse 5. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Does that sound like another verse that you've heard? Yes. What is it? Isaiah 40, verse 31. He, and it's almost identical to this, that is the thought. And everybody likes it. That's just absolute encouragement, isn't it? Isaiah 40... given us strength. What strength it is. It's a strong life, isn't it? If you're walking with the Lord, all the blessings that He gives us, we're renewed constantly. If you wait on the Lord, He'll give you strength. About that, that's kind of interesting. Is that eagles were once endangered, and now they're not. It's kind of, it's kind of funny, like we were talking about 
being renewed like the eagles. And it's kind of weird how they were almost extinct, and now they're not. And I just find that I just find that interesting because this is like because it kind of runs right into scripture. I know it's not talking with about that, not talking about the eagles like the, like that, but. I'm just thinking it's like it's kind of interesting. It's just really, really awesome. So. so a lot of times, do we get weak? We feel slow. We feel like everything is just, you know, beating us up. Yeah. And here it is. Here's Isaiah forty thirty one. Oh, here's our Psalm one hundred ten. And it's almost like he comes along and he renews us and gives us like a spurt of youth. Whether you're young or you're old, he still gives that spurt, doesn't he? Okay. Now that was dealing with the personal aspect. Uh, like, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So it's a call to our own selves to praise Him. Now, in 6 through 19, it's corporately. Here's where we want to worship with the rest of God's people. 6 through 19 is what this is. This is what God does for everyone who calls on Him. So verse 6 says, The Lord, and there's your Yahweh, I am, performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. God has revealed His redeeming purpose in the Bible. And He's revealed His righteous nature. He's a right God, isn't He? He is always right. He's righteous. He's revealed His judgments, hasn't He? Now, when you start with Moses, Moses is the writer of the Pentateuch, the first five books, the law, all throughout the rest of the Old Testament. You continue to see what kind of a God that He is. He reveals Himself to us, doesn't He? And then on through the New Testament. So He starts with Moses in the Scripture and then He gave His revelation to the sons of Israel through the prophets. And So we right from the beginning of Genesis right on through the whole Old Testament, it's about God redeeming people. It's His redemptive purpose. It's about really the Christ, the Messiah, who will save His people. And so it's about redemption. I'm going to redeem you. He's righteous and he also is one who judges. He has a redemptive purpose. And that's what we consistently get throughout the Scriptures. Uh, justice. There we go. Don't we all want justice one of these days? I mean, we'd love to have justice in this world today, wouldn't we? And judgments for all who are oppressed. How can God provide compassion and righteousness to sinners and still be a just God. We're sinners. How could God do that? Well, that's the whole riddle of the Old Testament. That is the heart of Isaiah 53. The answer is, is that He gives us mercy and grace and forgiveness because He punished Christ in our place. That's how He can be just and holy at the same time Loving. And so that's God's redemptive plan there, even when He speaks about justice. And so, verse 7. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the sons of Israel. And I already explained that one, didn't I? He made known. He explained it all the way through. Um, 
The Lord is compassionate. There's that word again. And gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. Are we getting a good picture of who God really is? A lot of people say, I don't like that kind of God. You know, like Joshua, the book of Joshua and Judges. He's so judging. But if you look at Him, you see how gracious He is through those. He ought to put everybody into hell and burn them up. That's what we all deserve. All of mankind. But instead, He's offering all of this that we know about Him. I think it's incredible, isn't it? And so, He gives us reason to bless Him, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, loving, kind. That's the kind of God we know. Look at Exodus 33, verse 34. This is during the time of Moses. Thirty-three. Probably. Uh, I got another typo again there. Anyway, uh, look in verse nineteen. Remember when Moses had said, "Show me your glory." Show me your glory. Wouldn't you guys like to see the glory of God? Well, God said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and I will be gracious, there's one of those words, to whom I will be gracious and will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. He doesn't have to do that. But He says some, I will do that. That's quoted in Romans 9 also. But he said, you cannot see my face that no man can uh, see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there's a place by me and you shall stand there on the rock and it will come about while my glory is passing by that I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I'll take my hand away and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. So that is the backside of God's glory. No man had seen this much. Now, in Exodus 34... In verse 6, here it is. The Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, what do we have? Compassionate and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, guilty, unpunished, Okay, did, did you see what that started with? Compassion, grace, slow to anger, loving kindness, truth. All those words that we saw in Psalm there. He said, you want to see the glory of the Lord? Folks, we just saw the glory of the Lord just pass by. That's what the glory of the Lord was about. Sure, we'd love to see that with our eyes. But have you ever experienced all of those? The compassion, the love, the mercy from God? Well, you've seen the glory of God. That's what happened. That's what the psalm writer here, I think he's drawing a lot from other places. And uh, sometimes other prophets quote a lot of the psalms too, as he's putting forth. But anyway, that would have been thinking about the time of Moses and seeing the glory of God. So he gives us all the reason to bless the Lord, doesn't he? 
And, as we're back in Psalm 103, aren't you glad that He's slow to anger? Boy, He could just start ripping into us, couldn't He? Has ever right to. But a lot of times He just gives us more and more room when He probably, we would think, He shouldn't have done that. But He was really good about it. Thank you, Lord, for being so compassionate. Um, look at this, verse 9. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. Boy, is that positive? He will not perpetually find fault with us. Is that good news? That's the way He is now. Wow, He's slow to anger and He doesn't, we don't, he doesn't strive with us anymore. Did we strive with Him before that we knew Him? Yeah. Was He angry at us then? Yeah. But one day it will be completely over. Uh, verse 10. Oh, yeah. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Wow. Uh, that's precious. Our sins are many. But His mercy is more. <laughs> there we go. There's that song. That's why uh, Joshua's dad, Mark, is supposed to be here this Sunday. They're, uh, I think they're... Are they on their way up now? Great. That's kind of His logo that He goes with anymore. His mercy is more. Our sins are many, but His mercy is more than our sins. He doesn't deal with us the way that He could. Wow. Precious in them. Judgments are few. Sins are heavy. His discipline is light. He's a good God. John Calvin said, He wonderfully blesses those He might justly destroy. He blesses those that He could very justly and be right in destroying. And what does He do? He blesses them. Uh, it's my story. Man, this is, is this all about God? Man, Anytime that you're down, go right to your Bible, turn to the middle of it, go right into Psalm 103 and start reading. It'll get you in the right perspective real quick if you want it to be that way. So, we go to verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is a loving kindness towards those who fear Him. As high as the heavens are above the earth. As high as the heavens are above the earth. He was trying to get this... How high is that? Well, the people in biblical times wouldn't have understood probably that they, you know, did they think they could count the stars? Well, I'll give you a little help. You know, the latest NASA star uh, or stats that uh, they give us, really, it's, it's interesting that um, a lot of people are saying they know where the edge of the universe is. And NASA is kind of saying that in a way. They suggest this. If you go 186,000 miles a second, what's that called? The speed of light. Okay, so if you can go the speed of light, you could reach the end of the known universe in 225 trillion years. What's that? I don't know. That's as high as the heavens. You just keep going. He says as high as the heavens, we're, we're talking about infinite here. Oh, that's right. That's an attribute of God. He's infinite, isn't He? 
He loves us with a committed covenant love that is infinite, that has no bounds. His love is as high as we can even, what we can't imagine. Loving kindness, forgiveness. Verse 11 at the end of it. So great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him. Those, that's a good way to put it. Fear is to have a reverential awe and respect. A, a fear that is a real true fear. Not a scared fear, but a fear of His holiness. But also having a relationship with Him with such awe. So here's one of my favorite verses. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgression from us. You ever noticed the more that you read God's Word and hear it down through the years and go, oh, that's one of my favorite verses. How many times have you ever heard me say that? Oh, that's one of my favorite chapters. And it's almost like wherever chapter you're in, wherever. but this one had, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And say, yeah, I've heard that a lot of times. Where's that at? And then we go, yeah, as far as the east is it's from the West, so far as He removed my transgression from me. Right? How many times have you heard that? Is that one of your favorite verses? You like that, don't you? The more you get to know the God's Word, it's almost like every verse is an all-star verse. We've had, that's an all-star verse. That's sticking out here, isn't it? But how can it stick out above all those other ones that He's talking about? Well, it's incredible. Sorry, I'm getting a little excited tonight. This psalm really does it. Okay. Uh, that's forgiveness, isn't it? In Micah 7, 18 and 19. Micah 7, 18 and 19. Uh, we're speaking of a lot of the same kind of thing there. And it uh, reads this way, Who is a God like you who pardons iniquity? Do the Muslims have a God that pardons iniquity for people? No. Passes over the rebellious act of the remnant of his possession. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in unchanging love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Yes, you will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. East, west, opposite directions. They can't meet. Infinite. They keep, a line just keeps on going, going. He will never hold your sin against you. And here it says He'll throw it into the depths of the sea. There are things in the sea, even with all of our modern technology, that people cannot recover today. And even if they think it's down there, they can't get to it. It's a long way. That's infinite in a way, isn't it? Our sins forgiven forever. Infinite. No bounds. Forgiveness. Compassion. Okay, back to Psalms. And now we're really getting ready to fly here and uh, we have to get through this. We're still on point number one. But number two and number three are real quick. So we'll get through it. Are you ready? Okay, we did in the 13, just as Father has compassion His children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. So there again is that compassion that is acting out Doing the act of love. Compassion us. Verse 14, for He Himself... Look at this. Now He's going to get into the part He knows how weak. He knows how fragile we are. And He compares us to different things here. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. He Himself knows our frame. 
He is mindful that we are but dust. We were made of dust and we'll return to dust. At funerals they say what? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Right? As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. And its place... Uh, did you guys have any flowers? And have all this? Uh, all of a sudden the rain and the wind that we have, 70 mile an hour winds blowing the other day, and it's like, wow, those peonies, they just came out. You walk out the next morning and they're going like that. You know, and a lot of it's just strewn out all over the street and everything. And that's what happens. They flourish and then they're gone. They can be there one day and they're gone the next. And you take care of them all year long and they're there for a day. <laughs> that's the way our lives really are. You know, what's 70, 80, 90 years? You know, it's nothing compared to eternity, right? He knows how weak we are. We are dust. We're weak. We're really nothing. <laughs> wow. What? Uh, and its place acknowledges it no longer. 17, but the loving kindness, but the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. That means, there again, infinite, eternal. He is the eternal one. He is the I am. His love, He, he loved us for we were ever even born. For we were ever even here. He loved us with an infinite love. And and so then we became we came born and then we sinned against him and, and he loved us and then he brings us to him and he loves us with the same kind of love that he had when we were sinners, but in another sense it's like well yeah we're his though now at least right and he loves us right on into you know the kingdom uh, eternal aspects of it and such uh, wow uh, despite our Selfishness, despite our disobedience, uh, or our prayers, they get disrupted. You know, he knows our fragile character, <laughs> and he still loves us infinitely. I, you know, am amazed. I talk about the wrath of God a lot wherever the passage is talking about, and so here we are. We're talking about the love of God here in a complete way that we can say and it's infinite whatever that is boy we're talking about his love here aren't we loving kindness his righteousness is infinite we're meager we're weak but he has strength um, is everlasting and his righteousness at the end of 17 to children's children it just keeps on going and on it means from one generation to another generation to another generation Verse 18, to those who keep His covenant and remember His precepts to do them. If you're a believer, you will work out your salvation. Not work for it, but work it out. That is what shows that you are a true believer is that you live it out, you work it out. Verse 19, the Lord has established His throne in the heavens. And His sovereignty rules over all. I guess that would be about His sovereignty, wouldn't it? One of my favorite topics, the sovereignty of God. But uh, you know what? He knows our meager strength. It's not much. It's dust. But He's not like us. He's sovereign. 
but He has full covenant love extended to those those who have been created and loved by Him. That are His. He loves us. He's the King over all. He's sovereign. Now, there's the first part. Here's the second part. It's about the angels now. This has been about all of mankind, starting with each one of us and our souls, going to where? Going to the rest of His people. And now, it's about angels. Did you know that angels praise God? Yeah, a lot better than we do right now. It's because they are, they've never sinned. Bless the Lord, you His angels. Mighty in strength who perform His Word. Obeying the voice of His Word. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you who serve Him, doing His will. Well, we have two verses there for angels. They're His. They are strong. They are obedient. And they serve Him. See? It's really like... It's like, how is He going to say... Oh, you, his angels, bless the Lord, oh, you. It's almost like, is he like giving a command to them? Because it seems like, it seems pretty high and mighty to give the angels a command, you know? <laughs> it seems like how it's coming off, but I, I get it. But, it but there's seems... other angels that don't serve him. That is true. That's what I thought. Uh, These happen to be the righteous ones, mm-hmm. the unfallen ones. And they do it night and day. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord night and day. And they've done it ever since they were created. But a lot longer than us. This, yeah, right. Saying this right. to the angels. And so man says, <laughs> okay, I need to praise God. You need to praise God. Angels, praise God. We're, we're going to be there with you in glorified bodies with glorified vocals. Praise Everything. God. Praising God together with the angels. What's that going to sound like? A lot better than somebody up there strumming on a six-string guitar. Oh, I'm telling you, this this is going to be something praising with these guys. And then they know how to do it. But when we're glorified, we will not have a sin in our thoughts, in our minds, in our bodies. We will totally give everything to Him and not be inhibited whatsoever. These angels, they're His. They're strong. You see the strength? Mighty in strength. They perform His Word. They're obedient. They obey the voice of His Word. That's what life is about, being obedient. Because here's what God does. Bless the Lord, all you His host. You know, the host of angels... Sometimes they're called. They're forever worshiping Him. Their voices are never silent. And the psalmist calls on them to bless the Lord. They're already doing it. <laughs> Obeying, serving. One of the ways that they serve, of course, is they serve us. How many times has an angel kept us from doing something or, or keeping us from a wreck or who knows what? You could probably count them. You know, who knows? We, we don't, but uh, the host of angels... Look at Psalm 148.2. We're, we're almost at the end. Folks, we're doing pretty good. Psalm 148.2. 148, right at the end there. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. So that's what it's about. Another term for angels there is for host. 
And then it says, praise them, sun and moon. Praise them, all uh, stars of light. Praise them, highest heavens and of waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Well, that gets right into the very next one. Oh, Revelation 5, 11 through 13. Oh, yeah, gotta, gotta get this one. <clears throat> Tremendous praise. This will happen in the future. Revelation 5.11 Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads. Thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice. Now this would be the believers. It would be with the angels. Myriads, myriads, thousands, thousands, millions, millions, billions, I don't know. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all the things in them, I heard saying to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, Be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That's what we say. (laughs) And then we fall down and worship. Oh, man. Okay, last verse of the psalm. And how does it end? Bless the Lord, all you works of His, in all places of His dominion. And what does he say? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. The crescendo is incredible. Starts in a fortissimo of worship with one person and goes into a pianissimo of the entire universe. Every place, every person, every angel, all praising God. And he ends right back where he started. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, let it begin with me, right? Let it begin with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hey, do you guys like that song? That might be one of your favorites. Now, thank you, Carolyn, for suggesting that one. I had no idea we were going that way. She said, hey, we ought to do this one. I say, why? And she says, because I said so. No. No, she said, you know, see if you want to. She didn't even know I was going to do it till last night. Anyway. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you suggested Anyway, let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening and uh, the time that we've had. And Lord, it's all about you. It's certainly not about me. You must increase. We must decrease. And Lord, may we have that thought constantly. And it puts us in the right position then. And we see ourselves in Christ. Thank you for praise that we can give to you. The voices that we have and the thoughts that you give us from your word because it pleases you when we praise and honor and glorify you. In your Son's name, Amen.